Welcome to another edition of the Ear Hustling Podcast. This is episode 40. Eric, welcome back from vacation, man. What's been going on? Oh, not too much. Uh, I can't really say that I've been vacationing. Um, just haven't been on the air here, but I've definitely been having my like ear, you know, to the world and happy to have my co-host back, man. I, I missed you. Same here, man. I, I well, you know what. I miss talking to you through the uh, podcast. We talked every day. So, you know, it is what it is. But no, definitely miss being here. A lot has been going on the last couple of months. Uh, a lot's been going on the last seven days, you know, but I'm um, definitely happy to be back. Uh, we got a great show planned today. Uh, 2020 year in review. And we have a panel waiting for us, man. So I'm definitely going to get ready to bring them on in a second. But just want to tell all the listeners, um, thank you guys for the support uh, reaching out to us throughout our break. Uh, definitely enjoyed having different conversations with everyone uh, during our time away. Uh, today, like I said, we're going to talk about 2020 year in review. Uh, at the end of the show, we're going to talk about uh, the events from yesterday. That's definitely something worth talking about, of course. Uh, so we're definitely going to spend some time on that. And if time permits, we also are going to talk about the NFL playoffs. It is upon us, so we definitely want to talk about that. But right now, what I want to do is I want to bring our panel in. They've been patiently waiting backstage, and here they all come. And, of course, there's the godfather, Mr. Ben Sutter. What's going on, Ben? Hey, what's going on? Glad to be here. Thanks for joining. Thanks, everyone, for joining. So what we'd like to do is we'd like to just open it up to you all, just a brief introduction uh, if you could just introduce yourself, uh, tell us whatever you want us to know about you. Let's try to keep it to a minute. We have a pretty large panel. Uh, Moon Hill, let's start with you. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Luna. I'm currently a freshman at Franklin and Marshall College, which is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm originally from New York, so I was born and raised in New York City. And yeah, I'm very excited to be here today. So thank you so much. Awesome. Muna Hill was actually on one of our previous shows, uh, Class of 2020. Um, as we know, uh, last year was a very interesting year, and the Class of 2020 definitely had a uh, very interesting story. So thank you, Muna Hill, for coming back. Definitely uh, happy to have you. Erica, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, so my name is Erica Yates. Um, I graduated college many years ago. I'm not in college currently, um, but I am uh, originally from Augusta, Georgia, but I live in Atlanta. Um, I've been in Atlanta since 2005, so this is home for me, um, and I'm excited to be here, and I have some things to say. So, Awesome. Erica also was on a show previously. She was on a show, Biracial in America. Uh, it was a wonderful show, uh, and we had great conversations. Um, both the class of 2020 and the biracial in America is still out there. 
So um, at the bottom, you see scrolling across the screen, uh, you'll see all the platforms that we're on by clicking on our Linktree account. Uh, you can go there and, and listen to any of those shows. Megan, welcome to the show, a newbie. Yeah, I'm new. Thank you. I'm Megan Jones, and I actually am originally also from the Midwest. I'm from Minnesota, but I've been living in Florida for a while, so I'm down in Florida. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for being here. Uh, Erica Lynn, we're, we're going to keep everyone on their toes. As you see, we have two Ericas and an Eric, and an Eric. so we're going to keep everyone on the toes, probably starting with me. But Erica Lynn, welcome to the show, a first-timer as well. Thank you for having me. Um, as you said, I'm Erica Lynn. Everyone knows me for, as Erica Lynn Speaks. Um, I am a motivational speaker and a transformational coach. So I focus on helping people live big, be fearless, and be bold in whatever they want to accomplish. I am a native Detroiter. I live in Michigan, and um, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Now we have another returning guest, Jean. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be back with you guys. I'm Jean Bailey Robor, and you can find me on any social media site that I'm on. Uh, I'm the only Jean Bailey Robor in the world. I'm also at JeanBaileyRobor.com. I am a speaker and author and sometimes a comic and also a medical policy analyst. And I can't wait to start talking about 2020. I am just so glad that we survived it. You are not lying, Jean. Jean was actually on a previous show. Um, one, one of our, we actually, Eric and I have several favorites. Uh, Colossus 2020 was definitely one of our favorites. Biracial in America was definitely one of our favorites. But Jean was actually one of our guests on, uh, guest judges on the show of shows. Uh, we had a big talent show. Um, it was, it was a, a wonderful show and Jean helped us pick a winner. So thanks for returning, Jean. It's, it was great, and this is going to be great, too, I'm sure. And more importantly, you told me and James that we couldn't be in the talent show because it was about having talent. So that's, <laughs> that's true. She did tell us that. <laughs> well, I do think you have some talent when it comes to talking. Well, well, thank you. Oh, we said that at the same time. Let me mute myself. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Next guest, Soleil, old time friend. Soleil, welcome back to the show. Hi, Happy New Year. I'm Soleil. I live in Las Vegas. Um, and I like to, this is my third time on the show. And I like to think of myself as the first lady of the Ear Hustling podcast. Um, but it's great to be back and see everybody. And I'm glad that everybody's uh, healthy and safe. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome back uh, three times, huh? Yeah, three times. So, first lady. So, I, I think you might have to uh, battle Shay for that title. <laughs> you put yourself back on mute. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ben, the, our, our, our fearless leader. Welcome, sir. Oh, yeah, man. Glad to be on. Uh, so, I'm Ben. I'm uh, owner of BS3 Radio. So, it's a podcast station. Have a variety of different shows. Uh, we talk sports, music, life, uh, you know, some of everything. And I'm glad to be on with the Ear Hustling Podcast. These guys do a great job um, talking about a variety of different topics. And 2020 was a wild one. So, yeah, let's get into it. Let's go. Welcome back. Ben has been on the show previously. Eric was scheduled to be out one time and 
and Ben was one of the replacements. So uh, we had a great show, but then Eric poked his head in anyway. So uh, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Full of surprises. All right. Well, once again, welcome everyone. Glad to have you. Let's let's jump into 2020. So much has happened in 2020. Uh, one thing I want to throw out to the panel: What sticks out to you most from 2020? For that goes to anyone. COVID. COVID. Okay. I mean, it just just to to kind of talk more about that. I mean, I never worked from home before, and starting from March to about three weeks ago, I was working from home. Uh, and that was mainly because of COVID. So COVID just affected so many things and it's nothing I've ever seen before in my lifetime. Yeah, it's it's definitely insane. I know I've had several uh, trips <laughs> canceled because of COVID. Um, definitely has affected a lot of people. Um, <laughs> well, Soleil, you might be happy to know, Shay has announced there's no battle. Soleil is the first lady of EHP. So congratulations. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I could only win an argument like that with her that quick, you know, the jeez. Anyway, um, man, it'll never happen. No, never, yeah. never. And I probably shouldn't have said that on the air either. No, you should. Uh, I'm waiting for the next comment. Uh, who else? What, what, what sticks out to you about 2020? Um, people's mental health has really been challenged um, in 2020. My client roster had really uh, went up because for the first time in in ever, people had to deal with themselves. Like usually we bury like the problems that we have internally with day-to-day lives, our day-to-day lives, we working and school and just always on the go. And this was the first time that everyone was forced to sit still and when you force to sit still, now you're focusing on all things that you buried before. And so this caused a lot of people to go into depression, to just like not know not know how to deal with themselves. And so um, people's mental health really was challenged in 2020. And so I just hope that, you know, everyone that was having problems or still having problems found some type of help or some type of outlet so that they didn't go stir crazy um, being in the house. So Erica Lynn, thanks for sharing that. So what what types of things helped you with your mental health? That was actually a topic we had on the show last year as well. But what helped you during that process? And I would love to hear other people as well. Well, I stayed physically um, fit. So when COVID first started, right? Um, you know, we was only supposed to be quarantined for 14 days. And so I said, well, I'm going to stay busy. I went live. Um, I did a, a to teach people how to make smoothies. And I did this thing where you dance in your living room for 15 minutes. It's called Dance Away Your Pounds. And so my mother was like, oh, this is cool. I challenge you to do this through the whole pandemic. So I was like, okay, I accept that challenge. So I thought the pandemic was supposed to be 14 days. I had all these viewers following me and we jumping around the living room, dancing to the music with Monique, the comedian and James and just losing weight. And then Governor Whitmore extended the, the uh, you know, the stay at home order. And then she kept, so next thing I know, I had exercise for 60 days in a row. And I was like, whoa, so I didn't even have time to go start crazy because I was so busy worried about how my body was going to look on. <laughs> I applaud you for dancing 15 straight minutes. 
first of all, I'm not going to get on the dance floor, let alone for 15 minutes. And it wasn't easy because I don't I, I'll have to shoot you the video after it's over. It's a lot of like he because he's a, a, a personal trainer, fitness dance instructor. So you're not like doing the book like you're like I literally had people jump in and doing all kind of stuff and lifting knees up. I mean, my body looked good. My mind was right. But the, the most rewarding part was not even about me. It was the fact that a lot of people was able to log in every day at 12 noon and it was something that they looked forward to. So it helped them to keep their mind, you know, focused on something else besides being stuck in the house. But the biggest issue, one of the reasons why I started is because everybody just started eating uncontrollably. Like how many times did you count? How many times you went to the refrigerator? You ain't even want nothing out of the refrigerator because you just was in there. You knew everything that's on top, the bottom shelf. That's why he laughing. As you can tell, everything that's in your refrigerator, on the door side, everything. And you just like, oh, let me eat this. And then next thing you know, you went to put on these same pants that you had on a week before the pandemic. You couldn't even button your pants. And so my whole goal was put the cookies down and let's dance away the pounds. And so that's something that that, that kind of helped me make it through the pandemic. Nice, nice. Yeah, definitely our um, our grocery bill definitely increased during the pandemic. That was very interesting. Anyone yeah, else? Ours, uh, ours did too. And for that reason, when I first started working from home, I mean, I love it. I'm still working from home. But I started cooking things. I had never really cooked that much before. And I would look up recipes on the internet. You know, people will put these videos out there on TikTok or whatever, and they look so good, all that food. And I would try new things and it would be delicious. And so I actually gained a few pounds. I'm trying to work on that now. But in the beginning, I was just eating, like, like you said, you know, just everything in the fridge. It was just crazy. And I had to get back on track because I'd been on a pretty good track until I started working from home. But, you know, talking about groceries, I don't know about you guys, but I really fell in love with Instacart. You know, having my groceries delivered was just the best. And I had done that some the year before because sometimes you just get busy. You don't want to go shopping. But this year I have... I think I'm up to about 80 grocery deliveries with Instacart and I absolutely love it, but it's so easy to order. I order food I probably shouldn't have in the house. So I've got to work on that. And that's one of my new year's kind of sort of resolution, not really a resolution is to just watch what I put in my mouth. So I don't put pounds on my thighs. Okay. My wife just said uh, she loves trying new recipes and trust me, there's someone that benefits from that. I won't say who that is, but uh, someone definitely benefits from that. And Jean, you talked about Instacart, brought them up a couple of times. If anyone's out there listening from Instacart, we'll gladly take a sponsorship. I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else? Mental health. How did you deal with the pandemic? Megan, I, I see you want to say something. Yeah, actually, the cool thing is I had started, I'd already enrolled to become a health coach, like in 2019 in um November, right? And I thought I was going to be busy because it was on top of the job that I was already working. And then, so it was double whammy till March. Then March comes and everything shuts down. My job shuts down. I'm at home. I've really not been on the computer much or uh, social media much or anything. And all of a sudden I doubled down on school and I got a business coach and I started showing up on Instagram. Now I have an entire health coaching platform on Instagram and, and, um, and, you know, along with Erica Lynn, I started to help coach people like full time now because I'm certified. 
And there are people who were suffering with their mindset and eating mindlessly and going into deeper depression, which, you know, the, the kind of cruddy food you eat during a, a pandemic, apparently, <laughs> now that we're learning this, what you eat during a pandemic can also really affect your mindset. You know, the extra sugar, the extra stuff, you might be going into stuff you're allergic to and you don't even know you're allergic to it. And you're, so it's been, um, for me, actually, personally, it's been rewarding because I have this new, like, wide open career that I'm actually really being able to help people get their mindset and their, and their bodies and their spirit and their everything. And I'm learning technology, but it's, it's, um, and I'm home. <laughs> Awesome. It's funny. So many of us um, had the opportunity to work from home during this pandemic uh, and, and so many jobs that originally we were told could not be done from home. You know, uh, they found a way. So that's 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 pretty interesting that we were able to work that out. So um, speaking of work, did anyone uh, have any um, layoffs or uh, anything like that during this time? Megan? <laughs> yeah, we were shut down. Moon Hill, okay. Yeah, well, glad to see you guys all bounce back from that and uh, was able to get back uh, back to work. Uh, Eric, do you have anything you want to add before we move on to the next question? Um, it's not an ad, but I actually had a question of my own. Um, 2020, obviously, it's been a year that we've had a lot of loss, but who has had any additions to their family in 2020? Are there any births, nieces, nephews, sons, daughters, grandchildren, whatever? I'll go first. I've uh, got two uh, wonderful grandkids now. So there's Caleb and Harmony. Um, Caleb was born. Um, my goodness, I'm about to draw a blank. Caleb's a year old um, and Harmony is about eight months old. Uh, so please share the good news. Who has some additions to their family um, in 2020? Uh, Soleil? I became a uh, fur mommy. I added Bentley, my Chihuahua. Um, I got him um, in November and it's been a great joy um, to my mental health and, and helping me get through the through the pandemic, so. Okay, Megan. Yeah, I have a, a little cousin who basically has always been my sister and she had twins. <laughs> Oh, wow. So I got two new cousins in um, in November, right around Thanksgiving. So that was, although Thanksgiving for my family is usually the big, huge gathering, like the big, the Texas family, my dad's side. And and this year was the first time since 1985 it had, you know, had to be canceled because there's so many of us. So we met the babies through Zoom. Wow. <laughs> um, anyone else? So I didn't have a baby and I'm not old enough to have grandchildren, but my uh, sister got married. So I do have a brother-in-law that was during the pandemic. So a uh, very interesting type of wedding, you know, social distancing, not a lot of contacting, you're nervous, you don't know like who who or if somebody can get or will get COVID. So I have a brother-in-law, so that's, a, that's an addition to the family. You know what, thank you. I, I forgot about my brother-in-law, David Blackwell. I am so sorry. Uh, my sister got married <laughs> during the pandemic. Uh, thank you, Ben, for almost got in the doghouse. So thank you for pointing that out so I could remember. I guess I am getting old. <laughs> you guess? Uh, is there anybody else other than James? That, that sorry, I thought I was on mute. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, of course you did. Uh, is there anybody else that had any additions um, in 2020 uh, to the family? All right, James. 
For right. So what else besides uh, COVID, which was a huge part of everyone's lives, whether you wanted it to be or not, some way, shape, or form, we were all affected by it. Um, besides COVID, what else comes to mind when you think of 2020? I think about the um, education of our children or grandchildren in my case, you know, they had to come home uh, here in North Carolina. There's a lot of virtual learning now. And not only are the children affected, but, you know, the parents had to learn how to be teachers or at least um, enforce what the teachers wanted them to. Um, I know I have grandchildren that are eight and five. And I'm telling you that five-year-old, he did not want to sit still. I was over at their house a couple times while he was doing school. And it's a challenge for parents, you know, and I think they've learned to appreciate teachers and being able to hopefully send the kids back to school one day. Yeah. So have they gone back to school in your area? Not yet. I mean, well, I say not yet. The county beside of ours, uh, they had gone back a couple times and then come back home. And now they have it fixed so that you could have signed up to stay virtual if you want to or to send your kids back. But I think on the 20th or right around there, they're supposed to come back home again. So we've just got a lot of COVID cases spiking right now. Yeah. Yeah. Soleil, you had a hand come up. Yeah, I just think um, 2020 really showed how contentious our country is. Um, you know, people who are on the left, who are on the right. Um, you know, there's some things that happened last year that I never thought would have happened. And I don't present America as being this perfect utopia because it's never been. Um, we've had police kill or, you know, police killing uh, minorities before. We've had bad presidents before, you know, but last year was just another level to the madness. And I think it really just revealed the character of the people, like the, the uh, President 45, he got like 75 million votes. Like, so there's a lot of people that support that. And um, I think it just, you know, his presence has just revealed what's been hiding for the 40 years of my life before it. Um, I knew it was there. I experienced some things here and there, but like now it's just in your face. I'm, you know, take it and you can't do anything about it. So um, that's something that was revealing from, from last year. Yeah, and you know, I would um, just kind of, piggyback on that, um, and I'm, a, I'm about to use a curse word, so I apologize. To quote Jake Tapper, um, after the first presidential election, 2020 was a uh, hot mess inside of a dumpster fire inside of a shit show. If that's, I don't know if that's the right order, but it was all of that. And, you know, just to kind of um, piggyback off that and then bring in what Erica Lynn was saying earlier, you know, 2020 for me was um, a lot of resurfacing of trauma um, you know, there was trauma, you know, what Soleil was just saying, th this didn't, this didn't just happen. George Floyd is not the first black man to be murdered by police. He's not the first black man to be murdered by police on camera. Um, and, you know, I think when that happened, we already had COVID, so we're already in that trauma. And then for me, you know, thankfully, you know, I've, 
I'm still employed. I have my job and we've been able to work from home. I'm a people person. And so that was very hard for me in the beginning. And then, um, you know, I still I still miss people. And then, you know, I, I got in this mindset that, oh, we're about to talk about this stuff. OK, we're about to really get like get into our issues as a country. And then it was just kind of, oh, that was that was more performative allyship. So this that's not happening. And so, you know, then it was like things just kept escalating and escalating and escalating. It got worse and worse and worse. And, um, you know, so so I think for me, it was it, there was a lot of trauma and we have a lot of healing to do this year. Hopefully, if we can, if we can do that. Um, so, yeah. Thank you both sharing. You, you guys you both bring up uh, some trauma. good points. Um, so I want to ask you a question and Erica, I was going to go to you as well. So it's ironic. You, um, you commented, uh, so you mentioned about the number of votes, you know, the final number was, uh, Joe Biden, 81 point something million and Donald Trump, 74 point something million. Does it worry you to and Eric, I'm going to come to you with the same question. Does it worry you that there's 74 million supporters that's still out there for Donald Trump after the four years that we've had. Does that worry you at all? Absolutely. It, it worries me and it frightens me um, to the core. Afri as an African American, as a trans woman, as a, a, a trans woman that he wants to erase, he doesn't want to acknowledge uh, trans men, trans women, non-binary. Um, taken away our rights, taken away our health care. So I, I, I thank the Lord that Joe Biden did, did win, but it shouldn't have been that close. Mm -hmm. um, 81 to 74, whatever you said, it shouldn't have even been that close. And so again, it just reveals that there's a lot of people, maybe coworkers of mine, uh, maybe people, you know, different establishments that I walk into every day that they have this feeling underneath and they've been holding it in for all these years. And, and 45 has given them the courage now to express themselves. So it, it frightens me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Erica, what about you? Yeah, it's, it's frightening and it's disturbing. Um, because I think for me, there are things that, you know, so what Soleil was just saying, there are many things that for me are just an issue of right and wrong. And, you know, I have, there are people that I know who voted for Donald Trump and, you know, they would say things like, oh, well, you know, I don't like him as a person, but, you know, he's done some good things for our country. And then, you know, when we try to dive into that, I don't really get a solid answer, but, you know, just the fact that they're, they were willing to look past the man, the fact that this man is clearly a racist clearly a sexist, misogynist, xenophobic, and still vote for him. And, you know, to me, that says something about the character of this nation and just how, you know, it's it's always been there and it exposed the ugliness that we have in this country. And, you know, the concept of America is great, but there are, there are just ugly parts that came out. And I think, you know, Donald Trump allowed that, he allowed that. And I hope that you know, that when we get Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in office, that those people who felt empowered and emboldened by Donald Trump will, you know, go back into hiding because it's not okay to to, to be racist or to be xenophobic. I saw someone post on social media throughout 2020 uh, and they said, I just want normal racism back. 
you know, and that kind of, you know, goes coincides with what you just said, Erica, you know, they're going to go back in hiding. You know, what I find so interesting, of course, I knew Donald Trump would have supporters, duh, of course, but 74 million, I was, I was very shocked by that. I really was. And I guess, uh, and Erica Lynn, we're going to come to you uh, next. I guess the thing that kind of surprised me the most is uh, that I was surprised, you know, so I, I start to question myself, am I being naive? You know, am I thinking that we were further along than what we really were? You know what we really are so that's interesting erica lynn what you got all i want to say i just want to touch on what erica said um about people going back and hiding but in reality i really would like to know who people are that don't like me opposed to hiding behind so you could be talking to your co-worker you are lollygagging in their face and they hate your guts so i'd rather know who you are at least i know who i'm dealing with and i know how to deal with you and so, you know how they say you have your, your, your friends close, but your enemies closer. So I like to know who my enemies are. This way I'm not blindsided when they bust me inside my head. I know, I know who I'm dealing with like right up front. So, you know, as far as them going back and hiding, I don't want them to go back and hiding, but calm down all the violence. Yes. I, I agree with that. I agree yeah, with what you're saying too. I think it's important to know, you know, the people that are surround, you're surrounded by. And I think, you know, sometimes we have to hit rock bottom to start start coming back up. And maybe as a country, that's what's happened. You know, a lot of things have been revealed, have been transparent. And now we know, we know what we're dealing with. So, um, you know, it, it was hard and it is hard, but I think there's, you know, I think there's a shining light, you know, maybe just a glimmer right now, but I think that we can rise up and we can become uh, supporters of each other. You know what I'm saying? I think people have learned some lessons. There's some people that are never going to learn lessons, but, you know, a lot's been revealed. And I think there's a way, I think there's a way back to a, to a good society if we can just find the way. Okay. Ben, you I want to add something? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think for me personally, I thought we were closer, kind of like the what you said, James. I thought we were somewhat uh, closer than what we than what we were. And I think this just shows how divided we are. Like we are nowhere near together. This this nation is truly broken. And that, that's one thing that I, I really learned. I knew it was, but now it's 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 broken. It's shattered in a million pieces. Uh, two things, though, that I, I mainly remember from 2020, uh, Kobe, and I was at the beginning of the year. I'm a big sports person. And that the way that happened and how it happened, I'll probably never forget that. And then George Floyd, because it wasn't just that it was on T, it was it was on TV and social media. It was the way that it happened. It was slow. It was deliberate. It was I don't care. I'm just going to do this and everybody's going to see it. And you just got to deal with it. So that that was that was different than any other thing we, we've seen before. So that was a part of this whole eruption and, and Charlottesville and all of these things. And it's it's just it was a uh, that was one of the major events. So the George Floyd and Kobe were, were two things I'll, I'll never forget about 2020. Yeah, definitely two impactful events. That's that's for sure. Erica, you're going to say something. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to say to kind of clarify, like, I think when I say go back in hiding, I mean, um, I want them to know it's not okay. That behavior is not okay, you know? And so I think that 
and you know these well i know we'll get to what happened yesterday but like you know go you know go back to your mom's basement you know like you're not you're not allowed out here you know and um you know just to like uh also two losses this year that were really impactful were um chadwick bozeman and and john lewis of course and so it was just like you know it's it's and when you said kobe i was like oh my god that was 2020 that seems like 10 years ago you know so much so much happened so um yeah we we made it though y'all yeah 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 we did um so it's it's interesting a lot of things that you all said kind of ties into um some things that that we have eric and i have questions on uh one is uh in regards to i think eric lynn was talking about going to the refrigerator uh have any of you seen differences in your finances as far as not going out as much throughout 2020. I see oh, yeah, some definitely. definitely. Um, I'm, I mean, I used to be kind of a fast food junkie and didn't cut that out completely, but to the point where I did notice a big difference. And also the fact that I didn't have to commute to work 20 minutes a day. And so I was filling up my gas tank in the beginning about once a month. It was, it was great, <laughs> but yeah, definitely have seen an increase in uh, the money I can save now. Yeah, definitely gas. I mean, yeah. like I, I was used to filling up once a week uh, at, at sometimes mm -hmm. now filling up like once a month. I mean, I was, I, I was a huge saving. Now the food savings, I don't know about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, so the money that I've saved in, uh, on gas, I've spent in uh, and, and going out to eat. I've definitely spent in late night Amazon shopping and uh, Instagram <laughs> Instagram shopping and all that. Right. So Mooney Hill, haven't heard much from you, so I'm going to start you off on this question. What are some new terms that have come from 2020 that you never heard before? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, well, I think the one word that I'm tired of hearing is quarantine. Um, mainly because of the number of times you've had a quarantine, especially for college and back home. Um, I think overall 2020 was just the year where, like not only did I learn different terms, but I also learned a lot of different things about myself. Uh, going off the mm -hmm. last question, in terms of finances, like I still don't drive a car, so I didn't have to worry about gas money. But the one thing I noticed is that I prioritized my mental health and my physical health way more than I ever did before. Um, so, you know, I would, I ended up getting a gym membership, I ended up starting to work out, a lot of things that I never did before. So I think that kind of just goes to show how impactful 2020 was and how you know, we ended up learning a lot more about ourselves than we ever thought we would. Yeah, we're actually gonna get to that uh, momentarily too about what did you learn about yourself? So you've kind of touched on that. Uh, anybody else, what, what terms uh, was born in 2020 that you were, had never heard before? May I? I'm so sick and tired of social distancing. So you're tired of the term or you're tired of not getting close to people? I'm tired. That sounds a little weird. I'm you know what? I'm tired of the term. <laughs> okay. I'm, okay, I'm just checking. Um, but you know what? Social distancing, it's, it's an actual thing now. Uh, it's something I shared with you a couple of days ago, James. I was at the store and there was this uh, person. They had to be somewhere between 13 and 16 years old. Uh, they were really, really respectful when they said this, but they were extremely stern. It was a, an older gentleman that was like way too close to this young man when he was in line. So he asked the gentleman, could he step back? And he was like, as a matter of fact, how about this? How about if you just go ahead of me and I'll stand six feet back? 
so definitely social distancing, you know, it, it's for real. And even when the pandemic, you know, does die down, I, I think that social distancing will be a, a permanent thing, to be honest. Yeah. A term I think of is essential workers. Um, I, I, I had never heard of essential workers before 2020. Uh, are there any other terms that you guys can think of that was born in 2020? Okay. Uh, so going off of Eric's story, have any of you been asked to be uh, asked to be social distance? Has anyone asked you to, hey, back up? Or have you had to ask anyone? I have not. However, I can't get those stupid masks to stay on my face the right way. And so, you know, I do wear glasses. So when I go into a room, my glasses fog up or I feel like when I'm at the gym working out, like I can't breathe. And so out of all the masks that we wear, when I work out, the only one that works the best is the ugly blue one that, that you know, because I have like designer masks and all that, you know, we all got the fancy ones. But believe it or not, the little ugly hospital blue one, that won't work the best because you can like bend it and fold it. But, but um, you guys don't wear lashes. However, when you, <laughs> when you put the mask on and you, Got your glasses on, then it just like make your eyes burn because it's just, it's just, it's, I don't like them. So, yeah. <laughs> I have a question, Erica. So, when you go to the gym, is there a mandate to wear a mask as you're working out? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because I started out working out with my personal trainer over the summer and we would work out outdoors at the park. So, I didn't have to wear a mask. And that's when I got comfortable with her and we was just rocking out. And then um, she went back to work, you know, and so, of course, I had to follow her and it's like, oh, you got to wear a mask. But she works me so hard. Like, how can you breathe through the mask? So I just kind of like I'll like put it down and suffer to it or just turn my back to where they can't see me and try to catch my breath. But like when I was in there last night, they went over to PA because it was kind of crowded and they were saying, could every, you know, telling you how to wear your mask, pull it over your nose and you know, all the rules. But yeah, I'm bad at that. I just probably need a helmet. Can somebody just make me a helmet and put air clean on it? <laughs> yeah. So, I've, I've had to tell my daughter, she's eight. She's a people person. She loves hugging people. She, I mean, so I've had to really me and my wife really had to tell her, like, this, you can't do it. It's, I know it's your friend. I know you haven't seen him in, in a week or, you know, longer, but you got to keep the distance. So I haven't, uh, that's been kind of our, the hardest thing is trying to get someone that likes talking to people that you can't get close to people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. I'll it's funny I'll how our lives have changed. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I've, I definitely have shot people some dirty looks. If, um, you know, like I need you to back up. I, I have a thing with personal space anyway before COVID. Like one of my pet peeves is why are you following me so closely with your cart, ma'am or sir, in this aisle? But, um, you know, like and then if, if people's noses are hanging out of their masks, like put your, your nose, you breathe out of your nose. So you got to put it over your over your face. So but anyway, it's yeah, right. it's been been interesting. It definitely has. That's for sure. Hopefully we're turning a corner. Hopefully. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on on 2020 before we let anyone talk about anything that we haven't discussed. Uh, we talked about the George Floyd um, 
murder. Uh, we talked about the civil disturbance during that time. And one of the questions that came up then was, is this a movement or is it a moment? Now that we're months down the line, what do you all think now looking back on it? Was that a moment or was it a movement? I would say it was both. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh -oh. No, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Ladies first. Um, I would say that it was, it was both, but um, everything that people do is just kind of the sign of the times. And when that moment is over, then it's over. Like, even though I'm, I'm, what I am happy about is that they're still talking about it. But even though it was very prevalent and out, everybody was spoken about it and they were protesting and marching and things like that, I am happy about that because I'm glad that I got to see uh, marching in my time because I, I believe the last big march was when Martin Luther King, and, you know, although we've had other ones throughout the years, but this was like the, the biggest one that I've had an opportunity to see in my lifetime and the fact that it brought awareness However, I did get on the bandwagon and I created a, um, a motivational piece, you know, and the George Floyd to bring about, about awareness to what we were going through. Um, but it, it was something that was, um, was a moment. And then oftentimes when that moment is over, like I said before, people, you don't hear about it, you don't talk about it. So I'm blessed to hear, like even the, the what's her name, Tiana, they're still, um, um, you know, trying to prosecute the police officers and things like that. So um, I'm, I'm just happy if that awareness was brought to it. Okay. Um, I think it was a, uh, I think it was definitely a, a movement that then felt like a moment. And I, I feel like it start, it's, it's actually a movement, but just not as big of a bang as I thought it was going to be. I will say, you know, I've, I've you know, my, my workplace, I don't want to say where I work, but there have been more initiatives around diversity and talking about diversity and how it's important in the workplace. And that's something that probably wouldn't have happened before, um, you know, before George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. And, um, you know, so, so I'm appreciative of that. And I'm continuing to talk about it. For me, I'm continuing to, I was on a Facebook fight with a lady today, you know, so I, I'm continuing to you know, to talk about it. And so for me personally, it has sparked change within me. So it's a movement for Erica. Um, and I hope that, you know, we continue to, not just us, but all over that people continue to have these conversations because we weren't doing it before. I'm glad to see I'm not the only one that having battles on social media. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> ben, you, you want to share? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was a movement because I think we've seen we've seen some policies put in place. I think we've seen, yes, uh, like Erica said, more conversations being had between co-workers, between uh, a white person and a black person. And we've had more um, conversations that maybe wouldn't have happened, you know, if, if that um, now it's not going to be talked about as much as if it happened yesterday. But I do think. There are more groups put together. There are more organizations that are looking to find ways to bring justice. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Can I ask a quick question? Do yes. you think that um, what most African-Americans, this really would be the question to you, that the relationship has changed with you and people of other nationalities? Like, do you guys get along more or are they more sympathetic? Like how is the dynamics now of you and other races? 
So I would say my coworkers in particular, um, I mean, we were good friends, but we didn't talk about things like George Floyd. We, we didn't really dive into those things. And their immediate you know, thing was, let's call and talk to Ben or David. David's the other guy that, that's, that's African-American. And let's hear what they have to say. Like, let's not try to prove a point or say what we think. Let's just listen to what they have to say. And that, that brought about, I think, good conversations that, you know, we, we didn't have. We had service conversations, but that was, you know, really getting beneath the service. For me, Erica, Lynn, um, I, I've, I've had both sides. You know, I've had people asking questions, um, you know, why is it this way? What, what do you feel about? Um, how have this made you feel? You know, um, I even had a gentleman um, that's that's actually was watching earlier. I'm not sure if he's still on or not. I won't call out his name unless you tell me it's okay. Uh, asked me why is there not a, a BLM chapter here in Atlanta? You know, so uh, and and he's a not he's not a person of color. Um, you know, so I've had that, but I've also had oh you're blowing it out of proportion. You know, it's it's not a black white issue. Um, you know, how do you know he's racist? You know, I've had those types of questions. And um, so I've, I've had it both ways personally. You know, my opinion on that is a lot of individuals, you know, that are not of color, uh, they can't sympathize. They can only empathize because they don't truly know what it's like in order to be a victim of racism or to be a victim of, of white privilege. And a lot of you know, friends of mine that I have are, are not African-Americans, but but here's the thing. You don't have to necessarily, oh, well, I don't understand it or I don't feel it. The eye test should tell you that it's happening. Anytime that you get somebody who a police officer has their 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 knee on a person's neck and that person saying, I can't breathe, that person is calling out, you know, for their mom. You know, the, the, the George Floyd thing, what really got to me, it was the fact that he called out for his mom. He called out for his mom and that right there is just like he, he felt that he was dying and he he wanted somebody to come down and protect him. The people who were charged with protecting and serving did the exact opposite. They handcuffed him. You know, he was already restrained. I'm not even going to get into that because this is not what this show is designated for today. But a lot of individuals who didn't understand what was going on, they were finally oh, the light bulb finally hit them. But the thing that I was most impressed about it, it wasn't the folks from my generation, but it was the younger generation. You know, it was the it was the 16 to like 25 crowd, you know, non-African-Americans that were like, this is an outrage. So when we highlighted the class of 2020, I actually felt that, OK, you know what? It may not happen with my generation, but the generation, a couple of generations behind us, they're not going to tolerate this type of stuff. They're, they're simply not. So we can lay the foundation, but we need to make it easier. We need to clear out all of the barriers. So when the next generation comes behind us, that this will truly just be something that's in the history books, not something that's going to wind up surfacing up 20 years later. Yeah. Soleil, you have something? Yeah, I wanted to answer the question as well. So I was thinking about it. All of my friends, uh, specifically those who are not African-American, they already got it. So we had lots of conversations. My church is very uh, inclusive and has fought for uh, 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 civil rights before. So like 
we had those conversations, we talked, um, but like in terms of somebody who didn't get it, like I haven't had that conversation. Like nobody on my Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, coworker or anything like that has said, you know what? I don't get it or I don't see what you see. Um, let's talk about it. Everybody was already in agreement with me. So um, I'm not sure how, you know, if, if all of you have had that conversation, that's awesome. Um, I haven't had it. Um, just my circle, I guess, already understands. Um, but that question really made me think like, maybe what's, what's, what's my bubble like? Like, am I just so insulated to people who already accept me as a African-American, as a trans woman, yada, yada, you know, um, why aren't there people that disagree or maybe just don't understand? And to the previous question, um, you know, I think we're dealing with a moment, the George Floyd incident. Um, Jacob Blake, the they didn't prosecute um, the individual who shot him seven times last week, and I barely heard of anything about it. Over the summer, um, remember, like for the uh, basketball fans on here, you know, the entire league shut down for a day, and like nothing happened last week or earlier this week. Whenever, whenever um, that announcement came out. Like they just continue to play basketball. Um, so we have these incidents like yesterday um, where a lot of us probably have made the parallel. Well, if they, if, if they were black, what would happen? But that's, that's the only time we hear about it. Like I haven't heard about it. Uh, um, you know, I'm a big soccer fan, uh, international soccer. They're doing more for Black Lives Matter than what's happened the last, since August, since the NBA did anything. I watch English soccer all the time and they're taking a knee all the time. Whites, blacks, coaches, everybody. Um, and even there, you know, some of their fans, they're able to uh, attend games or matches. You know, some of them, they're not happy about that and they let the, the, the players know but they do it because, and they do it knowing that the fans aren't gonna like it, they're gonna utter things. And so I think like in our sports leagues, we have people who are just concerned about collective bargaining, what the, what the rule is, you know, they can't kneel, they can't do this, they can't do that. They don't wanna be fined or whatever. And so I, for me, I think it was, a big uh, moment at the time, the marches over the summer were great, but we don't hear about it on sports talk anymore. The news doesn't talk about it nearly as much anymore. And yeah, again, Jacob Blake, oh well, we're not gonna talk about it. So, and, and maybe a couple of days from now where everything that happened yesterday sort of simmers down, we're not going to talk about, you know, the dichotomy between 
white, you know, charging our um, capital and, and what could have happened if that was an African-American group. Yes, yeah, Soleil, we're definitely going to get to that momentarily. We're moments away from uh, talking about yesterday, but uh, you're absolutely right. You know, um, I, I tend to side with what you said personally. You know, it, it does feel more like a moment than a movement. Uh, it really does. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not too sure what else to really say about that. It's, it's unfortunate, you know. Um, has some things changed? Surface, yes. Um, but deep down, what, what types of changes are there? I'm, I'm still having conversations. I've shared in the past, I have family members. I'm biracial myself, and I have family members on the white side that asked me, why do I care? You know, um, of course my combat, my comeback is why don't you, you know, but, um, but you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a sad time. It really is. Um, anyone else want to, Oh, Erica, yes, please. Um, I just wanted to add too. I think, um, you know, there, you know, I'm in Georgia. I know James, you're in Georgia. There's been a deluge of, you know, stuff happening around the election and, the the Senate runoff here in Georgia. Um, I I know that you know everybody's talking about you know Stacey Abrams and and how she kind of helped and she did a I know she did a lot and I think that even though the the George Floyd uh, murder is not directly you know I, I haven't heard anybody directly link that but I feel like people are starting to figure out that it's our elected officials. Jacob Blake wasn't prosecuted, be, or uh, the, the officer who shot Jacob Blake was not prosecuted because the law didn't, because because what he did was not outside of the law. So people are starting to figure out that if we participate in our elections and we get the lawmakers in there who are going to make the change, then that would be, that would, that's part of the movement too. And so, you know, Raphael Warnock is our first black senator in Georgia. And that happened because black people got out and voted. And, you know, John Ossoff, he's our first Jewish senator. We flipped the Senate in Georgia because, you know, black people got out. And I think that, you know, I, I feel like that that is part of it. So I I would say that contributes to what would be a movement is my two cents. Okay. I, I can see the movement um, as well. You know, I, I think in the moment, a lot of emotions drove what happened. But, you know, a movement is something that can change things going down the road. And I truly believe that as a country, we've just become so much more aware of um, how politics and people in charge really do affect our lives. You know, it was almost like we lived and we knew it was important to vote. But, you know, if we didn't make it to the polls, no big deal. But now that's changed. And I think it's a good thing that it's changed. I think we're going to pay more attention and see, you know, what policies are being put into place, what's in place now that needs to change. I think uh, the more aware the American people are, the better the country will be in the long run. But it, I think it's going to take a while. Yeah, I, I definitely hope uh, you're right on that. I, I hope that, you know, our children, um, or, or our children's children, you know, can see a difference. Um, I've, I've said on this show before that uh, I've kind of feel like our generation has been a Band-Aid generation um, in a sense of, you know, my parents, they lived through the civil rights movement. Um, they were a biracial couple in the 70s, you know, and um, they, they 
had their own experiences, right? And um, they had to, once again, live through the civil rights movement. Well, our generation comes along and we didn't have the same experiences that our parents or our grandparents had. We kind of had it relatively easy in school. We didn't have those same experiences. And now our kids, they are. They're having you know, to worry about, is my school gonna be shot up? You know, they have different experiences that we didn't have to worry about. Um, you know, so once again, we kind of was the Band-Aid generation, didn't have those things to worry about. Our kids do. Uh, and, and as Eric pointed out earlier, uh, and Muna Hill on her show of Class of 2020, it really gave me hope in hearing and seeing what our youth is doing. You know, uh, it really did. And I do believe our, our future is in great hands. And, um, you know, so that's that. I think now is a great time to segue into yesterday's events. Um, open up the floor. You know, I know we're coming up uh, on an hour here, so I definitely want to be respectful of everyone's time. But um, we probably could spend a whole hour, if not longer, on, on what happened yesterday. So uh, definitely want to open up the floor and 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 anyone want to share their thoughts and, and vent a little bit. You know what? If I may, I'd like to hear um, Muna Hill's uh, perspective, you know, as somebody who's going to be a big part of taking over this country um, in, in the very near future. I, I'd like to hear your perspectives um, first, if you don't mind on what your thoughts were. Yeah, of course. Um, honestly, it, it was really shocking to see, but I can't really say that I was surprised by any means. Um, you know, when we saw the pictures of someone like taking the podium away and laughing and smiling the photos, it, it kind of seemed like it was definitely shocking, but I wasn't surprised. And I think my reaction to that was just, um, it was just interesting to see what our country could come to because we spend so much money on our defense system. We spend so much money talking about our military and about how important it is for us to protect our capital. But at the end of the day, something like that could still happen where, you know, members of our most esteemed officials had to hide in hiding while people were just storming through the capital. And I think um, for a lot of people who are my age, we were just outraged because, I mean, first of all, we're in a global pandemic. There are people who are still like, not able to go to work, people who still aren't able to go to school. So the fact that that was happening in a pandemic, the fact that it was okay for people to, you know, walk in and pretend that at the foundation of our country is just non-existent, it was disgusting for us to see. And I think, especially for us in college, it kind of motivated us to do even more, uh, which I didn't even think was possible, but it kind of motivated us to, to make a difference as much as we can, but also see the hypocrisy in what people around us are saying. Um, so, for example, my college let out a statement um, about everything that happened. A few organizations I'm in let out a statement about what happened. Meanwhile, those organizations are the same ones that are perpetuating acts that let those things to happen, if that makes sense. So, for us, for me and my peers, we kind of take a step back and realize that a lot of organizations, a lot of universities are trying to say things to protect themselves and trying to make it seem that they're sympathetic with the causes that are going on. And meanwhile, they're still the ones brainwashing us. They're still the ones that are allowing these institutions to take place. So for a lot of college students, I think we're just trying our best to make sure that we, we can pave a way for a better future where stuff like that can happen, where we can't spend as much money as we do on our defense system and letting people store our capital. And that is why I have so much faith in the class of 2020. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Erica, you're down over in Georgia. Um, First of all, it went from a massive celebration um, 
you know, the first senator elected, first African-American senator elected um, in Georgia, actually the first Southern senator in Georgia and the 11th overall. What was the pulse when you were getting the election results? And then what was the pulse on everybody as far as, you know, the, the, the stories were happening simultaneously. So what was it like, you know, going from, yeah, I feel like we've accomplished something. So, oh, no, here we go again. What was that? What was that like? Um, it was frustrating and infuriating because so yesterday morning I woke up and one of the first things I do is I have a CNN email that I get. It has the top five things for the day. The first thing was Raphael Warnock wins. Yay. Literally the next paragraph, the officer who shot Jacob Blake is not going to be prosecuted. So it was like, you know, it was like this train hit. It was like, oh yeah. Okay. And then, you know, later on, you know, I started to see all this stuff happening and then here, John Ossoff wins, but literally we didn't even get five minutes to celebrate that because as this comes out, this chaos is happening at the Capitol. And um, you know, I heard that, that you know they increased the the police presence um, around our Capitol here. They actually stopped the vote counting for the day um, out of an abundance of caution. Um, to my knowledge, there there were a few Trump people around the Capitol, but there wasn't um, anything near like what happened at the Capitol. But, um, you know, it's, it was, it's, it's infuriating because that what happened, the election, that was a bit, that's a big deal. That's a big deal that is going to have implications for the future of our country. And the fact that, you know, we didn't even have time to, to really process it because these fools, you know, stormed the Capitol, you know, is it, it breaks my heart, you know, and I just want to say yesterday, this is like one of the things I said to the lady in the Facebook fight. Yesterday was the pinnacle of white privilege on display for the entire world to see. And if people don't see that, I don't know what to tell you because you had, if it was a Black Lives Matter protest, they would not have made it to the steps of the Capitol. So, you know, when I saw those people standing, you know, hanging off the railings, climbing the walls, it was, it was, uh, you know, I have a friend who works in Washington. She actually, she's a Democrat, but she worked for the Trump administration. That's another story for another day. She was like, this is a disgrace, you know, and it, it was just, it was disgusting. So, blah, I would like to rinse that out and then go back to celebrating what Georgia and Black people in DeKalb County did for this country. And, and also what was uh, kind of lost in that, too, is that and I for, forgive me for not remembering the uh, the other senator who got elected, but he was only 33 years old. John John Ossoff. Ossoff. Mm -hmm. well, thank you. He's only 33 years old. So, um, you know what, it, as far as like the next generation, the younger generation being here, it, it's now, you know, it's now there. There's somebody who knows what it's like to be discriminated, discriminated against um, somebody, you know, down over in the south who has who has like a different sort of flair, maybe interject some some youthful enthusiasm into the U.S. Senate, because uh, we have people that are like 30, 35, 40 year vets of the political system. And it's it's nice to be able to get some young blood with, with a fresh set of eyes in there. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, they're coming in at the right time. So um, who else had a who else had a comment? Because I don't want to I want to make sure that I don't skip anybody. Let's hear from Megan if she doesn't mind sharing. We haven't heard from her in a while. Okay. If I can unmute myself. 
Um, the only thing I would say on that, keeping it brief, is that it was interesting to me because I was watching MSNBC and there was something coming out from Turkey, like the Turkish government warning their people in this country to not go out and just be gentle and whatever. And, and I can't remember who the um, reporter was, but they were saying how interesting it is because that's generally what the U.S. says going to the Middle East or going to Turkey. And there's all these like, it was it was such a, I thought that was an interesting comparison. What was happening last night. Yeah. What I found interesting just real quick and brief as well um, is the same people that was telling us that's not the way to protest. You know, we're the people that were out there uh, in at D.C. Colin Kaepernick taking a peaceful knee was not the way to protest. But climbing up the the Capitol, you know, uh, barging through the limited law enforcement that was there, that is the way. You know, going into Congress people's offices and going through their mail and their drawers, and that's the way to protest. But not taking a knee, being quiet and being silent and being peaceful. That's what kind of stuck out to me as well. And there's something else I want to bring up as well. But I think, Ben, you want to share? Did I see you on mute? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say, you know, real quick, I was at I was at work, so I wasn't able to really see what happened. I mean, I was in meetings all day. So my wife is like, do you know what just happened? I'm like, no, I don't have a clue. So it was like they're climbing the wall of the Capitol. I'm like, are you are you serious? It doesn't even it didn't even seem real. And then when you see it, it's just like, what mindset are you in that you think this is okay? Like, and and the, I think the bigger problem is as a country and as some people, we have a problem losing. Like you lost. You win some and you lose some. That's a, that's something that I we learned as a kid. You win and you lose. It's you're not gonna win all the time. It's impossible. And so that to me just showed like we have millions of people that cannot lose. Or they they they're they're like afraid of losing. And when they do lose, they're like, no, we're gonna make sure that we can turn it around. So that that's kind of what I got. Gene, did you have something? Well, I completely agree. I felt the same way when I saw those people climbing the wall. I mean, you know, what were they thinking? What kind of change did they think they think they were going to make? But um, I was really encouraged today because I heard people from both sides of the aisle condemn all of that. And I thought, you know what, this might be a good start because they're agreeing on something. But um, I felt good that both sides were condemning what happened because it was just ridiculous. And it it really disheartens me sometimes to to see people like that and realize these are people that walk among us. You know, what what are they thinking? And, and could they just lose their minds at any given time? But um you know, there are also a lot of people out there that through 2020, I found had such a good hearts. And, uh, you know, we found out that some people were not, did not have as good a hearts as we thought they did, but some people really rose to the occasion and, and would come and help their brothers and sisters when they needed it. And I experienced some of that myself. And, and I'm telling you, yesterday almost made me lose faith in humanity again. But then I, I thought back and I thought, you know what, there are good people in this country and that small amount of people that did that, I'm, I'm not going to let them take away the faith that I have in mankind because, 
you know, like, like all of us here on this panel, I'm sure that we can attest to the fact that you've helped other people and other people have helped you. And um, I think, I think we just need to find some way to um, educate, you know, our young people as they grow up. And I love to see these young people that are doing great things, but just to, to maybe be able to keep their emotions in check, because I think sometimes people just let those emotions drive their actions. And we all know we can get in trouble doing that. So, um, you know, I think a lot needs to change in society, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that will just continue to be a smaller element and the majority of people will, you know, at least have some good common sense. You know, Jean, just to piggyback off what you said, um, it, it was encouraging to see people on both sides of the aisle to agree. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, and I hate to be the negative Nancy right now, but what kind of frustrated me was also frustrated me was this is where you drew the line. This is when you realize that he's gone too far. This was it. Not, not, you know, in the 11th hour, this was it. You know, um, I, I, I was happy to hear that some senators decided not to object, you know, as they plan to like, um, uh, Kelly Loeffler here from Georgia, she decided to not object, um, you know, to the uh, proceedings yesterday. That's great. But once again, this is what did it. You know, um, I, I think that what happened was a lot of people just said, you know what, this ship is really sinking. I'm getting off now, you know, but um, I'm not sure if we should really be giving them kudos. Not saying you were, but not sure if I should be giving them kudos for that, you know, because once again, now is the time. I think if you did this two years ago, we probably could have a conversation, but you know, that's neither here nor there. The other thing that kind of frustrated me too, I'm not sure if anyone saw this, um, but I saw a video and we talked about George Floyd earlier. Um, there was two men on the Capitol uh, stairs that reenacted George Floyd's murder, you know, and that once again, really irritated the hell out of me, but yet and still you see people uh, in, in social media groups today saying, don't make fun of Ashley Babbitt. Uh, and of course I agree, don't make fun of her death. I, I agree with that. But yet and still you have so many other people who are making fun of George Floyd and, and whoever else. Um, I, I'm not sure if I said on this show, Eric and I uh, um, was on a, a guest on another show before this. Uh, you got George Zimmerman signing Skittle packets, autographing that, making money, you know, but we shouldn't make fun of you're right. We shouldn't. We really shouldn't. Loss of life is loss of life. But in all honesty, she was killed in the process of committing a crime. Theoretically, she was. She was trespassing on federal grounds. She broke a window and she was climbing through. Thus, she was shot. Um, loss of life still sad. But at the same token, she was in the midst of committing a crime. What was George Floyd doing? You know, um, but we can make fun of that. So that was something else to kind of burn my britches, if you will. Um, anyone else? Um, I've got a couple of comments. Uh, is anybody familiar with uh, August 24th, 1814? I wasn't born yet. Well, uh, neither was I, you, you know, Mr. Funny Guy. But August 24th, 1814 was when the British invaded um, Washington, D.C., and they burnt down the Capitol building. And they burnt down all sorts of monuments. They burnt down a presidential mansion and a lot of other landmarks. 
that was the last time that DC was under siege like that. And that was, you know, we were in, in the act of war. What kind of disgusts me is, is that all of these so-called patriots, you're, you're burning down and you're invading where you live. And to me, I that's probably the most disgusting thing because I'm a big component for peaceful protesting. I'm not an advocate for violence, definitely not an advocate for people destroying their own cities, you know, taking their own businesses out of the equation to support, you know, your ethnicities and and just over the overall image of where you stay. To have these so-called Americans go through and bum rush your your your, your Capitol building, it's to me that's just unfathomable. Uh, one thing that I brought up on the show that James Mallory gets hosting is that I think that the amount of time in between the presidential election and the inauguration, I think it's too long. I think it's totally too long. You go watch any other countries that have a, a democratic system. If the prime minister of wherever loses an election on November the 4th, they're gone on November the 5th. The other person immediately gets sworn in. Now, I do know that it takes time to count the votes because of the Constitution and certain mandates. OK, I understand all of that. But I do think that the system that we have right now, that it's flawed, it's allowing too much time for incidents like this to happen. Uh, it almost came to this when we were going back to the election of uh, 2000 with uh, George Bush and Al Gore. Uh, Al Gore didn't draw it out, but you could kind of sense that it was going there. And then the 2016 election with the whole Hillary Clinton situation, I'm not even going to get into that. But, you know, it's it's our, our system is flawed. We need to do something to try to, to streamline the system, because had, you know, Trump not had the amount of time that he had to rally all of these people. I don't think that this would have happened. But, you know, this is the second time in the history of this country that our capital has been seized. At first it was by an enemy. This time it was within. It is unacceptable in, in any situation, especially when this is supposed to be the freest country in the world. So that right there was just inexcusable. So now I'm off my soapbox. Uh, would anybody else like to say anything? I was just going to add and say, um, we got to set guidelines on number one, who can be president. If we haven't learned anything in these past four years, we got to set particular guidelines. We got to set term limits. You can't have somebody that's 70 years old who, who knows where his mind, what mindset is and how actually relatable he is to the people. So that number two and number three, kind of like, you know, um, what Eric was saying, like we, there's too much distance in between the time. And I think a blessed Trump for showing us all of these holes that we have. I mean, like if there's anything that he did, he showed us a lot of holes that we have that we need to fix and that we need to fill because we have list, we, 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 we just fell asleep at the wheel, honestly. Do you feel, I'll address this to Ben and anyone else who wants to chime in, do you feel that we should invoke the 25th Amendment? Yes. Are yes. you afraid if we were to do that, that um, that uh, Pence would um, pardon him from any wrongdoings? No, nah, I think Pence has seen the light. Uh, <laughs> it's, and like you said, it's not the 11th hour. It's like when the ship is already sunk and you're standing on the nose of the ship as you're about to sink. But I don't I don't think he would. I don't want to take that. So let you unmute it. Yeah, I don't want to take that chance and leave it in Pence's hands. So, you know, it's only two weeks. I'm sure there's other ways for us to or for, you know, the Congress to 
sort of tie his hands and prevent him from doing something, but you're not going to get him removed in, in, in two weeks. And um, I don't want him to be removed and given Pence that power to um, pardon him. He needs to be held accountable for all of his crimes. I think I heard that they're looking at drawing up articles of impeachment, and I think they can impeach him after the fact still. I mean, I'd have to, to look into that, but I think that's something that they could do. I heard something today that, um, of course, the House uh, is ready to expedite the voting. Uh, Senate can, as they put uh, Mitch McConnell, can hold the ball and dribble out the clock. Um, but I, from what I understand, what I heard today is they still could impeach him even after the fact, it'd be more ceremonial just for the uh, sake of him not being able to run again. But there's also something in place to what I heard on CNN today is even if they do not impeach him or they do not invoke the 25th Amendment, that they can still put together uh, legislation that will not allow him to run for any federal government position in the future. So uh, that's on the table as well. Biden he himself, he said he doesn't want him to be impeached or to be uh, the 25th Amendment to be invoked. I thought that was pretty interesting. I think from the from the perspective that he is the incoming president, um, it, it, it would set a bad precedent because let's not forget, not trying to throw salt on anything, but you know he's been the topic of potential investigations during the election and of course the stuff that's going on with his son. So uh, he's actually got some skin in the game because if President Trump gets impeached and it could set a precedent for him to be impeached just by being associated with his son on various business dealings. So I think that's what his perspective is. Not that he's so uh, pro-Trump that he wants to protect him, but I think he's kind of trying to protect his own backside for the future. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think you know, as the incoming president, you have to think, how is it going to affect the office and yourself, you know? So, and the uh, country. Yeah, and the country, yeah. He did mention that he wants the country to start healing. So uh, if we have to sit through, and not that any of us nine are going to do this, but if we have to sit through another Senate um, you know, uh, session where he's on trial, that's just going to draw things out. Let the guy get out of office, hopefully sooner than later, let the 13 days go by and let him be in the wind uh, and go through his, his own personal uh, troubles that uh, he may be up against. Soleil? Yeah, I I appreciate what Eric says and said, and I think that that's probably the reason why Biden doesn't want to do more. But for me, it feels like, and just looking at these last four years, the difference between the two parties, Democrats give too much benefit of the doubt. They're too nice. You know, they they want to do things the right way and be above you know, criticism and things like that. And from what I've seen from the Trump publicans, they don't care. You know, Eric said that Biden wants to cover his backside. Donald uh, 45 didn't, doesn't care about that. He, he does all these, these things and he'll deal with whatever later. And he, he's been Teflon Don all his life. He, he hasn't been held accountable to anything. So I really hope that not only, 
you know, because we'll be in this situation four years from now if Biden uh, loses or if, 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 God forbid, you know, Kamala has to take over office because he passes and the Democrats lose the election again, we're going to be in the same situation again. What I've seen with 45, and I hate to say this, but he's been very strategic about some of the things that he did over, over these over the last four years. And he's been protected in a lot of ways. And I just hope that Democrats can stop being so damn nice and go after him. Find something like for four years, five years, he, he doesn't reveal his, his tax return. That everybody, every other presidential candidate has always done. He needs to be held accountable. So, you know, there's a delicate balancing act between covering your backside or not ruffling the feathers or whatever. This guy has ruffled feathers and got away with it. He's the only president in history to be impeached, to lose the election or the popular vote twice, and only serve one term. And he has 74 million people that support him. So there needs to be a mind change of Democrats that, you know, we need to be harsher about things and stop being so coy, stop being so soft on some of these matters because he wasn't and the next guy won't. Slay, you say something interesting and just threw in something else that he was successful in. He's the only person I saw that survived the Me Too movement. You know, he was he, allegations came up against him. Everyone else lost their careers and you know lost so much. And some kind of way, he continued on. Yeah, Teflon. And yeah. even like, even he. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but um, you know, he he sort of had a, his concession speech today. He really didn't concede, but it's probably as close as we're gonna get. But he lied in that. Like one of the first things he said was, oh, I what I saw on TV, I immediately called the National Guard. No, you didn't. Yeah. It, it's documented, you didn't. No, from what I heard, at, uh, Vice, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Soleil, but from what I heard, Vice President Pence had to call the National Guard because essentially he wouldn't do anything. So they essentially bypassed um, President Trump, uh, Pence was actually in the fire. He actually had to make that call to yeah. the National Guard for one. Um, and another thing, slightly off topic, but related, James and I were discussing um, 74 million people. That is the second most people that had voted for a candidate behind Joe Biden's 81 million. And, and that was a 12 million people vote boost. So if it were not for really the vote being organized the way that it was, Trump conceivably could have won in a landslide. He conceivably could have won in a landslide if we weren't organized. So, you know, thank goodness everybody got out and everybody voted, but don't just vote for the presidential elections again. The presidential election, that's the, the sexy election, but your congressmen, your senators, your mayors, your governors, your city council, your county executives, 
all layers of government, we need to treat that with equal importance because we can't change the country if we can't change our cities, if we can't change our neighborhoods. So please don't just let this be the one and only time that everybody get out there and vote with a sense of urgency. Make it every election. And just to reiterate something Eric said, just to clarify, he said a 12 million uh, uh, vote boost. He's referring to from uh, Trump's first run in 2016 to 2020. He had 12 million more supporters and more votes than he previously did. And that's that's kind of scary, you know, in itself. So you mean to say you you did everything you did and you gained 12 million more supporters? Yeah, thank you for clarifying that, James. I no problem. I got your back. Thank you. You, you know, you're my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else has anything you want to share about yesterday? All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show right now. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about a, a little bit of a lighter topic. Uh, some of you all are, are, are not football fans, and, and I understand we, we all have our flaws. Um, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but I definitely would like to invite anyone that is a football fan and want to talk a little NFL uh, uh, playoffs to stay on for a few more minutes and let's talk some NFL football. But to anyone else that want to jump off, thank you so much for being on the show. You can best believe Eric and I will come calling again um, for you guys sometime in the near future. Yes. Right. I'm, I'm going to be one of the ones that I follow. Thank you for having me on the show. No I am problem. also. Thank you so much. No problem. Yes. Erica Lynn, don't forget to send us that dance video. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, make, mm -hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, please. I'm sorry. And uh, for all of those who want to follow me on the podcast, you can just go to my website, ericalynnspeaks.com. Um, you know, you see it spelled there.com and also on the website, I'm giving away a free download. So please get the free download. So if you want to play bigger than you ever played before in 2021, then go get the free download. And thank you guys for having me. And Eric, thank feel, you. Free, feel free. I'm sorry. Feel free to drop that information on our website, please. Okay. Our Facebook page. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And Megan, same thing for your your uh, your business. Um, okay. Feel free to send us the information so we can uh, advertise it for you. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. My computer's running out of battery, so if I leave, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not piecing out too soon. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Um, and I'm gonna hop off as well. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the sports ball, so um, you know. But, <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, and happy New Year to everyone. And hope to see you guys again soon. Thank you. Happy New Year too. I'm going to hop off as well. I like to watch a football game once in a while, but I don't know enough to talk about it. So you guys have a great year and I will see you soon, hopefully. Oh, you'll be seeing us soon. Definitely. All right. <laughs> Jean, Jean, before you go up, oh, she's gone. All right. In case you're listening, Jean, uh, the show of show two is in the works of being planned for. So stay tuned for that. Come on back and be a judge. All right. All right, I'm gonna head out too, just because I don't watch football. But happy to you to everyone, and thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Manuel. Glad to have you. All right, then there was four. Final four. Final four. Yes, I missed that last year. That's something that we missed out on. Also, yeah. we yeah. Definitely didn't happen did. at all. That, that nope. uh, real quick. That's how I knew COVID was serious when they canceled March Madness. Yeah, you think about how much money that they make. It's a month long tournament, basically. 
Yeah. So when they canceled that, I was like, okay, this is serious. Yep. And the final four was going to be here in Atlanta. And I'm walking distance from uh, where all the act- the festivities was going to be going on. So I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I got, um, I want to find out everybody's uh, picks on who you think is going to win the Super Bowl, but you cannot miss my can't miss pick for the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go last with my Super Bowl predictions, but I want to find out, Slay, who you rolling with. Ben, I want to find out who you rolling with. James, I want to find out who you're rolling with. And then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to reveal my can't miss pick for the Super Bowl. So we're going to go with the ladies first. Soleil, who do you think will be triumphant in this Super Bowl other than our Detroit Lions? And if you want to go game by game, Soleil, that's that's cool, too. However you want to want to do it. Oh, I'm not going game by game. That's that's too much. I will say, <laughs> let's say I got Green Bay coming out of the NFC. I have Buffalo coming out of the AFC. Oh, I thought it was cool. And the Super Bowl winner in Tampa Bay will be don't say it. It could only be one team. If you right. say the other one, I'm about to disconnect you. <laughs> yeah, me too. We're oh, gonna... you know, you know, it's not them. It's the Buffalo Ooh. Bills. What? What? It's Buffalo. What? I, I can't go with Green Bay, so I have to go with Buffalo. Buffalo. Now they have a good team. Don't get me wrong. I think that they've got a real good team. But do you really think that they're going to beat uh, like Kansas City? The Dark Horse. Uh, I think they're. They get Pittsburgh. They're gonna lose whenever they play Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> beat them to the Browns. Buffalo <laughs> is legit. They're gonna upset KC. Something's wrong with KC. Something's wrong with Mahomes. Buffalo ha- is clicking on all cylinders right now. All right, so you got Buffalo Green Bay with a Buffalo Super Bowl championship. Wow. Ben- Godfather of podcasting, who, who you got? Uh, I got Kansas City and Green Bay. I think um, uh, you can't believe in the Rams. Uh, I love Russell Wilson, but he can't do it all himself. He can't play offense and defense. Uh, the Bears, I need to talk about them. Uh, the Saints, Drew Brees can't can't throw anymore, so that, that leaves that out. Um, the Washington football team, I, I, I'm not going to talk about that either. Did and you then, have to say him? Yeah, really, really. And then Tom Brady. Um, I get it. He he is I would consider him the GOAT, but he is at the end, he is at the end of his career. I think he's at the end of his road. Uh and, and Green Bay just seems to be the the team that is uh that is on, on destiny, I think, to go back to the Super Bowl. But I do not think they win. I think Kansas City's gonna win. Uh all the weapons that they have offensively, I don't see anybody stopping them. I, I if you're gonna get into a scoring you know, a scoring match with, with um, Holmes. They've been doing it all year. All they do is play around with teams. And then the third or fourth quarter, they're like, oh, I forgot. We, we got to win this game today. Let's just go ahead and do whatever we got to do. And he throws a bomb to Tyreek Hill when the game's over. Uh, I, I don't – I can't trust uh, Tennessee because of Tannehill. Uh, I like Baltimore with Lamar and that team, but I don't see them getting back past Kansas City. The Colts got an old quarterback. Uh, the Steelers aren't trustable. And the Browns are the Browns. So there you go. All right. Well, Very interesting. I'll, 
Yeah, it is. It is. So I'll just start off with my final four and I'll, I'll go to the Super Bowl. I'm in my final four. I got Kansas City and Buffalo. And in the NFC, I have uh, Green Bay and Seattle. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I take that back. I had um, Seattle and Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship. Uh, Super Bowl, I have Seattle versus Kansas City. And I have Seattle pulling off the win. Whoa. Yep. So that's a bold that's, take right there. Yeah. You hear it here first. So uh, I'm going to unshare my screen because Eric needs to share his to reveal his can't miss pick. And here we go. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> oh God. I'm sorry, y'all. No, you're not. <laughs> I don't agree with the Baltimore. If the Baltimore Ravens wind up winning based off of this, I'm gonna go buy myself a ticket <laughs> to somebody's lotto or, or or mega millions. But um, who I really think is gonna win the Super Bowl? <sighs> I've got Kansas City. And I've got Green Bay going to the Super Bowl. And I do believe that uh, Aaron Rodgers is actually going to get his second Super Bowl ring. Mm. I think it's Aaron Rodgers' time. He is still in his prime enough where he can take over a game if he has to. Um, but I really do think that, um, you know, so they had a point that there's something wrong with Kansas City. Uh, they only lost what? Is it one game they lost this year? Yeah. But they look uh, – what's the word I want to look? They look uh, – they don't look hungry um, look like they did last year. So I'm thinking that, you know, Green Bay is going to take advantage of that. Aaron Rodgers is hungry. Uh, he's going to do whatever it is. If there's one person other than Mahomes who could put a team on their back and, and will them to a Super Bowl, it's Aaron Rodgers. So I think Aaron Rodgers gets his Super Bowl. He very well may retire after that. Mm. Eric, I just won an award, sir. Did you? I did. <laughs> my man adam I, I, that's the first the first award of 2020 adam thank you 2021 sir 2021 2021 so adam you're out there listening who's your super bowl pick can't wait to hear this oh of course you're gonna say kansas city of course you are well is, isn't that where will chamberlain was from it that's where adam's from well right but wasn't will chamberlain from um from um from Missouri too, and we had the greatest, yeah, when <laughs> we had the greatest of all time conversation. Where uh, it, Chamberlain was like in every discussion, every basketball discussion that we've ever had with Adam. It, it it was it was. All right, well we're waiting to see if Adam responds to his Super Bowl pick. But thank you all. So just to recap, Eric's got Baltimore, his can't miss pick. Uh, <laughs> Soleil, you got um, you got uh, Buffalo. Uh, ben, you got um, uh, wait. KC. All right, so of course he has KC. Yeah, of course. I knew that, Adam. I knew it. Uh, ben, who's your pick? KC. KC. KC, and I got Seattle. So, um, wow. We got, we got, I think that everybody's got different choices here. Buffalo, though, Soleil. I am like. Really, really shocked. Yes, Will is the GOAT. 
<laughs> not, not the time for that, though, Adam. Not the time. <laughs> well, Ben Slay, thank you very much for um, being on the show, um, participating in, in all of our conversations tonight. Definitely appreciate it. And to everyone that was watching, uh, thank you for tuning in to episode 40. And Eric and I are back. Let's go. Yep. Thank the both of you and to all of our um, other guests that were on there. Uh, thank you very much for participating. Uh, Adam, thank you for the first 2021 Crackhead Award. We definitely appreciate that, too. Um, so looking forward to talking, uh, seeing you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Well, and you heard it from our mouths to your ears. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Stay safe, America.